listening to a Sharesies podcast. It's Monday, the 7th of March. This is Recap brought to you by Sharesies. Sharesies is a wealth development platform where our purpose is to create financial empowerment for everyone. Here's the disclaimer. Investing involves risk. You aren't guaranteed to make money and you might lose the money you started with. Any information we provide is general only and current at the time. If you're looking for help with your investment choices, we recommend talking to a licensed financial advice provider. G'day there, Alice. Hey, Jose. How are you? Yeah, really well. Are you doing okay? Yes, thank you. All ready for a new week. Can't wait for it. Totally. Um, yeah. I Just before we crack on, I just wanted to say thanks to everybody out there who uh, took part in the recap audience feedback survey. Uh, obviously, entries have closed, and so at some point this week I'll dive into all those responses and pick out five people who will have won themselves a $50 Shazzy's gift. Can you, Alice, guess how many people responded? Ooh, tricky. I have no visibility. I, I have actually <laughs> no clue. Um, I'm going to guess and say 103. You're way off, like just over four and a half hundred. Really? 450, yeah, roughly. Oh, amazing. Yeah, so we really <laughs> appreciate so it. so far off. <laughs> yeah, but that is a good data set there, so thank you, everybody. It's nice. really going to help us out, and we really appreciate it. But now, on with the show. The invasion of Ukraine by Russian forces continues, and the economic impacts have been felt across the world. Yeah, and this afternoon, the New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern announced a new urgent bill which could see Russian ships and planes banned from New Zealand territory and could also be used to freeze Russian financial assets. Now, we've talked before about the effect that economic sanctions are having on the Russian economy, but it's a tricky situation because Russia is also one of the world's biggest suppliers of oil. And the sanctions the West have imposed on Russia have so far not targeted oil exports. Yes, governments have been wary of placing blocks on that crucial supply of oil to the west but there's now reports that an embargo may happen. The US Secretary of State Anthony Blinken says the Biden administration is actively discussing banning the import of Russian oil. He says they've been talking to European partners and other allies about the possibility of hitting Russian exports while also making sure there's still enough oil supply in the world market. Although that is easier said than done, as talks designed to reinstate the 2015 nuclear pact with Iran and as a result return Iranian crude oil to the world's markets suddenly seem shaky. After 11 months of negotiations, Iran announced it had agreed to a roadmap with the permanent members of the UN Security Council. Uh, the roadmap would have seen Iran eventually ratchet down its nuclear stockpile, which would have unlocked sanctions blocking sales of Iranian oil. However, Russia apparently changed its position and demanded that the US guarantee that the sanctions placed on it over the Ukraine uh, invasion would not hurt its trade with Iran. Both the threat of new sanctions and the delays in talks which could have seen Iranian crude return to the world market have pushed up oil prices. At one point during the weekend, the international price for crude oil hit 139 American dollars per barrel before settling down to $128. Now that's the highest it's been since 2008. 
And while sanctions have skirted around blocking Russian oil exports, private companies have stepped out of doing business with Russia. Oil companies like BP and Shell have shut down their partnerships with Russian oil companies, and others have completely refused to buy oil from Russia. And that's pushed Russia to heavily discount the oil it has on the market just to find buyers. And that's been hard to resist for some, including Shell, who's had to defend itself after buying 100,000 tonnes of crude from Russia on Friday. Ukraine's Foreign Minister, Dmitry Kuleba, blasted Shell, saying history would judge them accordingly. In a statement, Shell said they would seek Russian alternatives, but this couldn't happen overnight because of Russia's significance to the global supply. But amid all this tumult, Alice, where are the markets sitting at the moment? Well, on Friday, markets slid. Over in the US, the S&P 500 closed down at 0.8%, while the Dow Jones Industrial Average closed down at 0.5%. And the Nasdaq slipped at 1.7%. Uh, over in Australia, the ASX 200 uh, closed down 0.6% on Friday and is down another 1% today at the time of recording. And meanwhile, here in New Zealand, the NZX 50 closed down 0.6% on Friday and is down another 1.6% today. I'm going to revisit a story that we first talked about on Recap a couple of weeks ago. It involves an Australian energy company, an Australian tech billionaire and a Canadian asset management firm. Right. I, I feel like you've got to be talking about AGL Energy and its takeover offer, right? Yeah, that's the one. So to recap, AGL Energy is listed on the Australian Stock Exchange and is one of Australia's largest energy providers. It deals in the generation and retailing of both electricity and gas, as well as providing some telecommunication services like internet and mobile. But while the energy company generates some of its power from renewable sources, the majority of output comes from non-renewable sources like coal. And according to the Australian Financial Review, AGL is is Australia's biggest single greenhouse gas emitter. And this is where uh, the tech billionaire and the Canadian firm that you mentioned earlier come in, is that right? Correct. In late February, Australian tech billionaire Mike Cannon-Brooks and Brookfield, which is a huge investment firm that has about $600 billion in assets under management, they made a joint takeover bid to buy AGL. And according to Cannon-Brooks and Brookfield, if the bid was successful, they would shut down AGL's coal plants far sooner than is currently planned in what they described as the world's largest decarbonisation project. And what, what happened from there? Yeah, so that offer was for $7.50 Australian dollars per share, which was about 5% higher than where the company's shares were trading at the time the offer was made and valued the company at about $8 billion Australian dollars. But AGL's board rejected the offer, saying that it was materially or significantly undervalued uh, and wasn't in the best interests of AGL shareholders. Okay, so this all happened back in February. What happened from there? Well, it turns out Brookfield and Cannon Brooks weren't going to give up without another shot. On Friday, they upped their offer to $8.25 Australian dollars per share, so 75 cents higher than the previous offer, and that would value the company at about $8.5 billion. Then this morning, AGL's board announced that they were also rejecting that offer, basically saying the same thing, that it undervalues the company and is not in the best interest of shareholders. Ooh, tough crowd. Uh, did they give any more detail on why they think it undervalues the company? 
Yes, the board said that the revised offer continues to ignore what they see as a key opportunity and potential value for AGL shareholders, and that is AGL's plans to split into two separate companies later this year. In July, AGL is planning on demerging into one company that's focused on generation uh, called Excel Energy and a retail side of the company uh, called AGL Australia. And what did Canon Brooks and Brookfield have to say about this? Well, at this stage, it's the end of the road for this duo on their quest. Cannon Brooks said in a tweet that they are putting their pens down on this deal. He also added that he thinks this is a, is a terrible outcome for shareholders, taxpayers, customers, Australia and the planet. Although he did thank everyone for their support to help get them to that point. And finally, what's AGL's share price done today? At the time of recording, it's trading down about 1.5% for the day. Thanks very much, Alice. Let's continue with the theme after looking at oil prices and decarbonisation. I've now got some news in the electric car space. Cool. What's the go? Well, two giants of Japan have announced that they are teaming up to make and sell electric cars. Sony and Honda say they are near final agreements to create a joint venture which would design and develop new electric cars, uh, but it wouldn't manufacture them. They would be done by Honda's plant. Is it weird that Sony is getting into making cars, so electric or otherwise? Uh, not necessarily. Sony's actually telegraphed a move into automaking. It actually confirmed it would start a new electric car company last year, and two years earlier it unveiled a prototype EV. The plan, according to the two companies, is to marry the electronic and content expertise and assets of Sony with the technology and sales divisions of Honda. And what's the time frame for all of this to happen? Well, the finer points of the agreement are still to be hammered out, but it's expected the company will be established later this year, and the plan is to have cars out uh, on the road by 2025. The deal, of course, is still subject to regulatory approval. Well, that takes us to the end of the show. That was Recap for the 7th of March. Thank you very much for listening. Please consider giving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Our email is recap at sharesease.co.nz and you can also leave a voice message. There's a link to that in the episode description. Oh, well, definitely. We'll see you tomorrow. Mā te wa.